Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The lights are out. Curry gets it, the lights go out. The game is over, and we're here to pick up the pieces. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7, the game. It's a two-point game, five seconds to go. Curry behind the back, takes it from half court. Good if it goes, banked it in! Of course he did! He's not happy because he had the ball stolen from underneath the bucket, but he'll take the half court shot. 31-26, Warriors end of one. It is the Warrior Wrap-Up. I'm Matt Golski. Welcome in. It was an easy one tonight. As expected. Ends up a 31-point win. Which, you know, if you gave me the over-under on 30, I might have taken the under, so good for the Warriors. But I would have taken the over on 20, so not that good. (laughs) The very first note in my notes, you know, I'm a professional leading up to the game. In my notes, I like to take a note, at least one note, before the game starts. Tonight's pregame note was, should be a get-right game. I wasn't the only one who had that thought, obviously. I heard it on every pregame show that I uh, watched or listened to. That's what tonight was, and the Warriors handled it professionally as such. They started a bit slowly, but uh, that thing turned around, I mean, very distinctly after they, uh, what was it, 12-2 to start or something like that? I'd have to look it up to see exactly. This is not a a game for exact, to be totally honest. 12-2. Wendell Carter hit a three. 12-2. That was as good as it got for the Magic because from there, Warriors went on a 17-3 to run. Anyway, there was a point watching the first quarter where Gary Payton hit a three-pointer 
and it just felt like, all right, here we go. They took some blows early, but they took pretty firm control by the middle of the first quarter. And from there on out, it was what you expect. The Warriors handling one of the worst teams in the league rather easily. And we'll, we'll talk about the worst teams in the league thing. There's a real not fine. What's the opposite of a fine line? There's a nice, fat, thick line between the, the, the true, with all due respect, garbage teams of the NBA, of which Orlando is currently one. There's a big, fat, thick line. Uh, and the Warriors have had their fair share of those opponents in the early going. And that's about to change, and that's something I want to talk about tonight. And by the way, as always, you are encouraged to talk about Warriors with me. 888-957-9570 is our phone number. We can receive your phone calls or your text messages at that number, just like a, a normal the show is just like a person, or as my two-and-a-half-year-old says, a people. You can call us. You can text us. Unlike a people, we prefer that you call us, but texts are also okay. I feel like for most people, it's the reverse these days. Sterling, you get, you, you get a little weirded out if someone <clears throat> excuse me, actually calls you on the phone, correct? Never call me, please. I don't like it at all. Text me, that's it. <laughs> that was on the air, right? Just yes. Making, just just making sure. Yeah. Sterling's a people. Uh, the show, however, prefers your call, 888-957-9570. And, you know, before we move on to that opponent stuff, because that's looking down the road a bit, and we're going to kick that down the road of the show to a little later in the show. I actually, you know, the nice thing about a game like tonight, for a broadcaster who's doing the game, it becomes a struggle, right? I mean, you, you know, Bob and Kalena start telling stories on TV. Tim and Tom start telling <laughs> jokes on the radio. It's all fun and games. Um, but they have to fill time. For a broadcaster who's about to do a post-game show, a laugher is a real fertile place for thoughts and ruminations. And so I have a lot of thoughts. I thought about a lot of things as I watched, uh, you know, a good team beat the ever-living hell out of a bad team. And obviously one of those things is Stephen Curry. He is now 15 three-pointers back of Ray Allen. And by the way, that means it's time for the Steph Curry three-point update. Brought to you by Masterclass, Steph has made 126 threes this season. 126. And like I said, he is now 15 back of the great Ray Allen. And think about that number 15 for a second as I tell you that Masterclass lets you learn from over 100 world-class instructors anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. Get 15% off your annual membership at masterclass.com slash game, I believe is what that's supposed to say. Unfortunately, uh, I made a terrible mistake. The game. Let me do that again. Masterclass.com slash the game. You know what I did, people? I, uh, I made the mistake of editing the document where that read was pasted, and I cut off the part that says the game. Uh, to be fair, 
It was on a separate page, so I only take partial blame. Getting back to business, Steph Curry, 15 threes back from Ray Allen. And like I said, think about that number 15. Does it sound familiar in the context of three-pointers? It should. It's the single-game record if someone were to hit 15 threes, never mind 16, which is what it would take to pass Ray Allen. Okay. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Steph has historically, I think, enjoyed his games against the Portland Trailblazers, who pay a visit to Chase Center on Wednesday night right before this team hits the road. (laughs) I feel like he likes showing out against Damian Lillard, certainly, when possible. I'm not, I mean, look, I'm not making any predictions. Certainly no guarantees. I'm just saying. He's a showman. He'd probably like to do it at home. I I imagine all things being equal, Steph Curry would have liked to do it in front of the home crowd. And if he doesn't do it tomorrow, Wednesday, then he's not doing it in front of the home crowd because it's a four-game, five-game road trip after that. And there's no way he doesn't hit whatever's left in those five games unless, you know, he gets the flu or something and doesn't play. So, what are the odds? What odds would I have to give you to get you to bet that Steph was going to get 15 or 16 threes on Wednesday to break two records at once. There would be something both spectacular and poetic about that. And if Stephen Curry, if Wardell Stephen Curry the third's career has been anything, it has been poetic and dramatic. And somewhat magical. I'm not saying he's going to do it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think if the odds were 10 to 1, I'd bet it. I know that sounds high, but I think the actual odds would be much higher. I mean, (laughs) in a way, the odds should be however many NBA games have ever been played to one, because it's only, you know, Clay Thompson's the only guy to get to 14, right? How high would those odds have to be for you to bet that Steph Curry does the double whammy and breaks both the all-time total three-point record and the single-game three-point record in a single night against the Portland Trailblazers? Tune in Wednesday. 95-7 the game. In all seriousness, it it would be one of the, what, top five nights in a Hall of Fame career if he pulled that off somehow. Stay tuned. I think more likely we're looking at Philly or Indy. I mean, it's, you know, seven or eight threes a game at this point has become the norm 
if not the norm, certainly a regularity. So I'd be shocked. Shocked, I say. If the Warriors got past Indiana, and just to be clear, it goes home Wednesday against Portland. They are at Philadelphia Saturday and then at Indiana on Monday of next week. A somewhat intense next stretch. And again, uh, we'll get into the schedule differences that we're about to see. In at eight. 957-9570. When do you think Steph will get that 16th three to pull into first place all time on the three-point shooting list? It's an exciting time. I imagine even on the road, that gets you a nice standing ovation. Hell, the guy's getting MVP chance in Brooklyn. Why not? I guarantee Indiana will appreciate that, if not Philadelphia. I don't know if Philadelphia is capable of cheering for an opponent. Booing their team, certainly. (laughs) But cheering for an opponent might be a bridge too far. I'm just saying, if he got 16 on Wednesday, it's a top five night in the Hall of Fame career. Another thought I had tonight. And, And I... This is tricky, so I want to make sure, if you're listening, that you're listening. I I don't want to be misconstrued. But here's something that I thought about a lot tonight, and even more so when I watched his post-game interview. Uh, And the guy I'm talking about is Andrew Wiggins. And to see him speak after the game, and and I think this is uh, something you'll notice if you've followed him uh, and and listen to most of his interviews since he became a warrior. It's a guy who he does he clearly does take pride in being sort of a even keeled steady Eddie. He he's he's very chill, obviously. Anyone who's ever seen him talk realizes that. And I think also he's He cares about being out there every night and showing up for his teammates. And honestly, since he's been a warrior, like we can bicker about his scoring output here and there, but ultimately he has really showed up for his teammates, certainly on defense, but to a degree on both ends. Even if he, you know, rarely musters the monstrous scoring output we saw in Minnesota. He's been a 40% three-point shooter and like a solid, you know, number three-ish scorer, even though he's maybe had to take on more than that since he's been here. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's out there giving effort every single night. He's missed one game since he became a warrior, if I remember correctly, maybe two. He shows up. He shows up for his team. And along those lines, and this is where it becomes a little dicey. (laughs) But I want to be clear. I'm I'm really not. I don't want this to be about what it's what what, you know, it has been about. Andrew Wiggins deserves credit for making the decision to get the vaccine. 
I don't want to have a conversation about the vaccine. Uh, his views on the vaccine mean very, very little to me. And ultimately, I just, you know, I cross my fingers and hope that everyone, everyone in the world is taking their medical advice from medical professionals as opposed to basketball professionals. And that's that's all I want to say about the vaccine itself. But ultimately, the vaccine decision from Wiggins' perspective is he was asked to do a thing that he did not want to do. For whatever reason, he didn't want to do this thing. So why does he do it? Well, obviously there's a money factor, and I'm not saying that's not a factor. It certainly is. But also I think we can we can see very clearly that, you know, the money is not necessarily a deterrent for somebody who has made the amount of money that, for instance, an Andrew Wiggins has made throughout his career. I'm not saying money wasn't a factor. I'm sure it played into it. But ultimately, he was still going to get most of the gigantic contract that he's owed. And even if the amount he could have stood to lose was huge, you know, it was but a fraction of the amount he would still stand to continue gaining whenever he was able to get back on the floor. So, ultimately... And I realize I've said that word seven or eight times now. I'm very self-conscious about it all of a sudden. But what he did is he did a thing he didn't want to do. And again, I, it's whether or not he had good reasons not to want to do the thing is besides the point in, this, in, the, in the case that I'm making. He didn't want to do a thing. He did it so he could show up for his teammates and for his team. And that is, generally speaking, what being a great teammate is about. I mean, usually it has nothing to do with medical decisions, but it's sometimes doing things you don't want to do because you know that the team needs you to do it. Whether that's, you know, not quitting when you're the fourth guy to rotate on a defensive possession or getting stuck in the arm with a needle when you didn't feel like it. And again, it's it's quite obvious that uh, t- two guys were faced with a very similar situation and Andrew Wiggins is the one who made the decision to be there for his team, even if he didn't like some of the stuff that had to be done to get him there. And I'm not... Again, I have no interest in even talking about the reasons why he didn't want to do it. I think I'm just saying I'm glad that he did, and he deserves a measure of credit as a teammate for doing a thing he didn't want to do for the betterment of the team. I, You know, I believe that that's something Andrew Wiggins deserves some credit for. 888-957-9570 is our number. Phone calls or text messages accepted via those digits. 925, give some props to two-way wigs. He did something he didn't want to do, but he did it for his team. Yeah, that that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. 
And I think, you know, to the extent that pretty much nobody wants to give great effort on defense all the time, you know, that's the on-court expression of showing up for his team. You know, nobody wants to play through back spasms. That's the on-court expression of showing up for his team. Getting the vaccine was a similar off-court expression of his desire to show up. And, again, not everybody does that, as we have seen. So he deserves the credit for, for doing that, for being, honestly, throughout his time as a warrior, maybe more so than anything, a consummate teammate and professional. Which is really in contrast with the reputation he had coming out of Minnesota. And I don't know if that's just a matter of aging and maturing, if it's a matter of a better fit, if it's a matter of getting away from the franchise that, you know, effectively drafted him over uh, number one overall. Or at least acquired him as the number one overall pick. These, uh, these are all part of it, I would guess. But that's who he's been here and tonight was obviously a great night for him a career high from the three-point line eight threes for wigs tonight and again as usual solid defense just a really solid effort overall for the warriors got blitzed a little bit early and someone on the text line saying you know they should really start taking bigger leads in the first quarter especially over weaker teams like the magic and I get the sentiment, certainly. But at the same time, I do think there's a tendency. It's hard to. There's a difference between being the hunter and the hunted. And when you are the hunted, like a blip like that can happen. Did they come out a little flat? Maybe. But I think it was less that they came out flat than it was. That the Magic came out absolutely jacked. Because they know. The Magic come into a night like this knowing that they've got to be absolutely on tilt to have even a shot of winning at the Warriors' house. It's just, you know, they're a bad team without at least a couple of their best players. And that's a... that's tough sledding against the team that's been one of the two or three best in the league to this point and they're not idiots they know that so they come in saying it's got to be everything we got all the time tonight if we're going to have a chance against the Warriors at Chase Center everything all the time and that's how they came out and you know credit to them and they hung in there for a lot of the first half but you know they don't really have a shot against the Warriors unless the Warriors lay an absolute egg. And for me, a little slippage early as long as you then take care of business. It's different to me if it's slippage early and then it's sloppy throughout and you're in a five-point game with two minutes left. You know, you don't want Steph Curry playing more than the 31 minutes he played tonight. To me, the failure is if it takes, a, a you know, 38 minutes of Steph to win. Then you really blew it. Because as I said at the very beginning, 
the first thing I wrote in my notes before this game ever started was this should be a get right game and a get right game. It was. And I think that was important because the road gets significantly tougher coming up. And that is what I'm going to talk about next. If you want to weigh in on tonight's big victory, it was a really nice win. 126-95 over the Orlando Magic. Cruise control. Got the rookies in late. Jonathan Kaminga looking nice out there. And we're going to talk about him as well. Anything you want to weigh in on warrior-wise, we welcome your input. 888-957-9570. Calls or texts. The schedule gets tougher. I will talk about that next. Plus, we have Steve Kerr's press conference sound. I'm Matt Kolsky. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. One hundred nine ninety one. Golden State with four fifty seven to go. There's Poole driving. Floater, no good. Oh. Jam hole by Kaminga. Raised up higher than everybody on the floor and slammed it down. He's got a little bounce. Wow. Now back to Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven. The game. Here's Matt Kolsky. He's got a little bounce. Is the understatement of the century there. Jonathan Kaminga, my goodness. You know, look, as a lot of young players will do, you can he looks ridiculous at the G League. I mean, you can really see it at the G League. That putback dunk was great. He was levitating, but he has had as as tantalizing as some of his NBA dunks have been, his G League dunks are contest stuff. It's crazy. And by the way, his three point shot looks pretty good down there too. The one he took tonight did not look great. But after that, he started taking it to the rack, got to the foul line. I'm telling you, the kid's got something already, and the prospects for the future are tremendous, folks. Tremendous. Get excited about Jonathan Kaminga. I allow it. I authorize you to become excited about Jonathan Kaminga. 
as I said, the schedule is about to get tougher for the Warriors. You know, the, the soft schedule is something that any detractor has tried to bring up to this point. And I was looking at this. To me, as I said earlier in the show, there's a nice, big, thick, fat line between what I would call legit NBA teams and whatever the others are. I don't want to be insulting to anybody, but you just watched one. The Orlando Magic are a substandard. How's that? Is that fair? Is that better than garbage or trash? But the Magic and the Pistons, both of them the Warriors have seen. They're they're both terrible. Uh, five and four wins, respectively. And then in the Western Conference, I mean, the Spurs are <laughs> no great shakes. Of course, the Warriors just lost to them. But, again, single-digit wins, eight and 14. And the other single-digit win teams are the Rockets, Thunder, and Pelicans. And again, Rockets saw them. Thunder saw them a lot. Pelicans saw them. As a matter of fact, I did some some number crunching here. And by number crunching, I mean counting at a level that did not require my toes. And seven so far, seven games, seven of the first 24 games have been against those dumpster fire basketball teams, the single-digit win teams through the 24, 23, 25-game mark. Again, Spurs, Rockets, Thunder, Pelicans in the West, Magic and Pistons in the East. By the way, don't look now. All 10, you know, postseason teams in the East are above 500. There are only four teams in the Western Conference who can uh, claim that. Or actually five now that the, the Clippers won tonight. They're the fifth at 13 and 12. Yeah. Have the, have the tides turned? Anyway, back to the point. Seven of the first 24 have been against substandard teams. Single-digit win teams. That's nearly 30% of your games. Basically 30%, not quite a third. Obviously, 6-1 and one in those games, the one loss coming to the Spurs, who are the best of those single-digit win teams, quite clearly. 13-3 and three in the rest. Obviously, 13-3 and three is still very good. And not all the other teams are great. I mean, we know that the Kings are not great. You beat the Kings, they're not great. But they're 10-14. and 14. They're at least hanging around the play-in tournament. They've got double-digit wins. They're two wins clear of the Spurs. So, I think generally, that's a big, fat line. And seven of those first 24, almost a third of your games, have been against the very worst teams in the league. And and even though your record's still been good against the better teams, obviously, it's been a huge help to play all of those bad teams early. Again, there's only six teams... You know, it's it's significantly less than a third of the league. So you have had an unrepresentative sample against those terrible basketball teams, and that's fine. You play the schedule, you're dealt. This is not a critique. I'm just saying. 30%. That means, you know, more than once every four games, you played a terrible team. 
It's nice to have that relief in your schedule. We just watched it. You had an ugly one on Saturday. It's nice to have the magic on a Monday. It's a magic Monday, everybody. The next 15 games, you get one of those, and it's the 15th, and it's on the back half of a back-to-back in New Orleans after Dallas. So, I mean, you could almost say that defeats the purpose of New Orleans being as terrible as they are. You could almost say you don't get any easy nights over the next 15 games. Now, look, the Blazers on Wednesday, they're not great. Not great at all. They lost to the aforementioned Clippers tonight uh, relatively easily. They'll be at your house. I'm not saying that game is a brutally tough game. You know, you're going to visit Indiana to start next week. They're not great, but they're respectable, and they'll give you a rough time, and they got some big guys that can play. Like, they're legitimate. They're not a substandard NBA team. Same thing with a Toronto or a Sacramento who've played better under new leadership. You know? Even a team like Dallas, they're not great, but you're going to Dallas in the middle of a long stretch with a lot of road games. These are tough. They are tougher in any case. And honestly, after that, you could go all the way out to 20 games before you actually get a true weak spot when the Pistons visit Chase Center. And that is not until Tuesday, January 18th. That is a month and a half from now. The Warriors' next real easy game is a month and a half from now. And they've had one you know, on average every four games or so to this point. They haven't played much more than three or four tough games in a row so far. So this is going to be a bigger test. Not just because the overall level of competition is higher, but because you don't have any of those get-right games on the way closest thing probably a monday home game against sacramento but you know the kings games are never the walk in the park you want them to be for the warriors you get phoenix on christmas you get denver in there a couple times you're at utah at new york and boston both of whom are decent at toronto which you know you gotta leave the country and that's the back half of a back-to-back Friday, Saturday, Boston, Toronto. This is a part of the schedule that's going to test them. Out of that next 20, uh, you know, honestly, 14 and 6 would be, the 15 and 5 would be incredible. I, 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 I do think, we need to adjust to the fact that the 20 and 4 pace is not sustainable over the course of the season. Now, here's the bright side. I just saw a report Clay Thompson will not go on the road trip, which means the soonest he could return is Monday, December 20th against Sacramento, then after that Thursday the 23rd against Memphis. If not then, the next home game will be the 28th against Denver. 
And if not, then we're into January. But Clay is coming. Clay is coming. I mentioned earlier how incredible it would be if Steph broke two records at once on Wednesday. Single game record, if he got it, would break the all-time record. And that would be an incredible moment. 510 Texter says that that would be like Jerry Rice, week one of the 94-95 season, scored three touchdowns to break the record so he didn't have to break it on the road the next two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) That would be very cool. It would be very, very cool. 707 Texter says, why did Steph need to play 31 minutes? Yeah, he probably didn't. He probably didn't, but I'm not too upset with it. I do wonder, this is something I'll talk to Nick Friedell about tomorrow because he may know more than I do, but I do wonder what, the like how did the rotation change happen? Because I think part of the reason Steph has not been sitting for any entire fourth quarters is I don't think Steve Kerr ever feels like you start a fourth quarter with a game out of reach. And Steph has been starting fourth quarters and then taking a break in the middle and finishing. In fact, he's been doing that in basically every quarter. The reason he would sit entire fourth quarters in the past is because he was always sitting the first six minutes or so. And so at the end of that first six minutes, either the game would be over and he wouldn't ever come in or it wouldn't. And he'd come in around the, you know, six minute mark, seven, maybe eight, if it was really getting dire. But now, since he's starting the fourth, I think that's essentially why he plays the 31 instead of, like, 27, is he plays those first four minutes of the fourth quarter because they don't feel like it's totally out of reach yet. I mean, that would that's the best I can answer your question. But, yeah, I mean, like, ideally, I think you'd have him down around, like, 25 on a night like tonight where it's sort of cruise control for much of the second half anyway. All right, we have Steve Kerr sound that we're going to get to in just a little bit. Any of your phone calls or texts, please feel free to weigh in. 888-957-9570 is our number. But in the meantime, we're going to go to the boys in the studio. I got Sterling and Chuck with me this evening. And, you know, as I said in our first segment, a game like tonight gives those of us sitting around in the studio, a nice chance to relax and think about stuff. So I just sort of wanted to hear what's rattling around your guys' brains after a 31-point victory. Let's go to Chuck first. Uh, Producer Chuck, also known as television's Charlie Walter, what's your your one big thought from tonight's Warrior win? I want a Jonathan Kaminga comparison from you. I'm setting, let's say I'm putting his ceiling right now at a Luol Deng. You watched a lot of Luol Deng in Chicago. Really good Is player. Is ceiling at a Luol Deng? Let's say you're taking the over-under. Is he going to be a better player down the road? And this is something I'll check up with you in 15 years, and we can discuss whether he was a better player than Luol. But 16-6 and six for Chuck. his career? Well. Over-under. Over. You can't, you're not going to be able to see Luol Deng from Jonathan Kaminga's ceiling, man. Like, I... I have a lot of respect and a little bit of love for Lou. 
but he was somewhat groundbound. Um, he was much more skilled and much less talented when he got into the league than Kaminga is. Uh, and and I think Kaminga is going to be a, a, a lot better. Luol Deng, never a great shooter, a, a, a decent ball handler, a hard worker, a good defender. I like Luol Deng. Thicker, bigger, but nowhere near the athlete. Just not nearly as enticing of a prospect at any point. You think Kaminga one, two years away? I mean, how good, how quickly can this guy be? Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of these things, right, that we don't. So I'm saying, well, you'll about, you'll take the numbers, right? If, if he's a guy, little dang, during his best years was putting up 19 and seven. If you got Kaminga in two years putting up 19 and seven, you'll take it, right? Sure, in two years at 21, yes. If he's putting up 19 and seven in the two best years of his career, I'll be very disappointed. It's exactly what Dang was putting up at 21, 19 and seven. Yeah, but I don't know that he ever got better than that. Yeah, he didn't. <laughs> so <laughs> he actually yeah, regressed. That, yeah, and that was disappointing. And and look, not all of that was regression. Part of that was his role. Part of that was his body letting him down a bit. Uh, part of that was Tom Thibodeau running him right into the ground, which is not going to happen with Jonathan Kaminga. So, you know, it's different and just very different players. Dang got by on his guile and smarts a lot throughout his career. And and Kaminga is a, it has the stuff of stars. I'm not sure Dang ever did. I, I Even tonight, right, I, I just – Luol Deng not once in his career attacked the basket the way Kaminga did four or five times in garbage time tonight. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. My other take tonight is, thank God Andrew Wiggins got the shot. Hey, uh, that, first of all, 8 of 10 will do wonders for your season three-point percentage, so shout out Wiggs on that front. But, again, just a guy... It's funny. Everything in his career in Minnesota was about what he wasn't. And then he came to a place where he was asked to be some pretty specific and simple things. And he's been hard to complain about, I think. Not that it hasn't happened, (laughs) but... I think he's been tough to complain about, and he's got that three-point shot back up near 40%, and I don't think those stats are updated for today, so he may be over after an 8-for-10 night. And just in general, if he's going to be 18-19, almost five rebounds Mm -hmm. a night, and he's about to be demoted to third option offensively, Boy, oh boy. I just think he's going to be in an even more perfect situation. That's what I'm saying. I love it. It's just so nice that you know if Steph is having his typical night, even let's say Steph starts off 0 for 9 like he did the other night. If you have Wiggins and Poole both playing like they did in that Pistons game, you're going to give yourself a chance to win every single night out. If Wiggins has a great night, Poole doesn't do much, and Curry does his normal thing, you're going to win 95% of the games you play. Now you add Clay into yeah. the mix. you got four potential guys that can go off. You only need two of them to have really good games in order to beat 85 90% of the league. Options. 
Yeah, it's great. It's great. And then, you know, I think we have seen what has really been proven out is that this team has surrounded that incredible top-end talent with just a cast of absolutely incredible role players. This is something maybe we'll get into tomorrow or later in the week, but I was just thinking tonight, like, how many of the Warriors players are better as Warriors than they would be on any other team in the league? Because I think it's like at least 10, which is a remarkable thing to say. I don't know that most franchises could say that about 10 of the 15 guys on their roster that, like, Look, Juan Toscano-Anderson in a, you know, to pick a pretty good team. Juan Toscano-Anderson in a Denver uniform? I don't know, man. I, I don't know if it works. Gary Payton II in Memphis? Maybe, but I'm not sure. The Warriors have all these guys that are just perfect for what they want to do. It's 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 special. All right, Sterling, you're up, man. What's your big takeaway from tonight? So over the past couple games, it's pretty much been the three-pointer live and die by the three. In their two losses against the Suns and the Spurs, around 34%. In their last two wins against the Suns and the Magic tonight, around 50%. This team really does remind me of the San Francisco Giants this year. Live and die by the home run. The homer. Now, I don't want to draw those comparisons because it's early, what are we, 24, 25 games into the season. But is there any concern that maybe in a playoff game – against a team that has maybe some bigger bigs that can wear down Steph Curry, obviously later on in the year, obviously, of course. But is there any concern that when they're playing a team like, I don't know, the, the, the Suns again, that they can wear down Curry, that his legs get tired, that the three ball may not be enough late in the season to maybe get them a title, and Clay really does have to be that player that sparks them whenever he comes back? I mean, I think two things. First of all, I love the Giants analogy. Three things. First of all, I love the Giants analogy. That's great. And not totally wrong. Uh, Second of all, we don't even have to say, what about late in the season? What about tired legs? What about physically getting worn down? We can just say they don't look like great closers yet. Now, I don't know. That's something we have to dig deeper into. But it's also a fact. So far, not a great closing team. And that is something that worries you in the playoffs. And I don't know how directly that's related to a reliance on three-pointers, but it feels like they are at least correlated in some way. And the third thing is the point that you're making. I think that's that more than anything is why, even though they're 20-4, and which is as good a record as the NBA has, this team definitely still needs Clay Thompson to be a serious title contender. Because if it is going to be a reliance on three-pointers, like that extra juice is critical. It is. I like that, Sterling. That's a good... See, I, I knew this 31-point blowout gave everybody a nice opportunity to, get to, to think about stuff. We all, we all had nice, interesting warrior thoughts. Lots more of that to come, by the way, on tomorrow night's show, Kolsky and Company, 7 to 10 p.m. Football hour will be 6 to 7 tomorrow. Uh, And then, of course, the Warriors are back at it on Wednesday. There is one thing I want to play from Steve Kerr's press conference before we go, and it's on the Andrew Wiggins point. And again, I think this this really matters. There, 
the change of scenery for Andrew Wiggins, we talk about this in sports a lot. Hey, maybe a change of scenery will do the guy good. Obviously, that is less about just literally changing the scenery and more about where you're going from and where you're ending up. And Steve Kerr talked about the, the level of comfort he believes that Wiggins has achieved here. I don't think it's possible to not like Andrew Wiggins. You know, he's just, he's such a nice human being. I mean, he's, he's just a really pleasant person to be around. His teammates love him. He's so coachable. You know, whatever you ask of him, he just nods his head and he does it. I think he's, I think he's really enjoying himself here. I think he's found a nice niche with this group of guys and, uh, and they appreciate everything that he does for us. I don't know. I think it's just been a good fit and he's, he's playing at a really high level. It really is. It's not to say it's been without issue. I've had my complaints. <laughs> More than one of them. But it's been a good fit. He's become really comfortable. And at this point, he's just a valuable contributor. A star? No. But a good player and a valuable contributor for arguably the best team in basketball. And that, look, that's something that plenty of people didn't believe he could ever be. So credit to Andrew Wiggins for that. That will do it for Warrior Wrap-Up tonight. Uh, another one of these coming up Wednesday night after hopefully Steph Curry hits 16 three-pointers to break two records at once against the Portland Trailblazers. You heard it here first. Tune in Wednesday, 7 p.m. tip, Warriors and Blazers. I'll be back tomorrow night with Kolsky and company. And really just leave it locked in on 95.7 in the game. Great content all throughout the day. You won't want to miss any of it. Done for tonight, though. That's the end. Warrior wrap-up. I'm Matt Kolsky. Good night, everybody, on 95.7 the game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.